0: This is Shimon. This is Natalie. Welcome back to Hysterical. This week, Shivy, I'm going to be talking about one of the actual most batshit crazy (laughs) stories in European history, maybe ever. If it wasn't completely true, it would be one of the best works of fiction known to man because it's just tragic and insane and beyond wild. Okay, I'm here. So it felt fitting for the last episode of season one that... That I'm I'm leading it. So, our story Are we just uh, disregarding the narrative that I have an episode after that's this. Why, one. That's why I said lead. Oh, I thought you said. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. We don't have to cut it out. We can fight on air. They don't need to know we're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> our story revolves around Marie Antoinette, queen. <laughs> in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Marie Antoinette's historical narrative is really focused on her death and the revolution and the downfall of the French monarchy. And to me, that's really a shame because so many interesting things happen in her life. And so focusing on her death and framing her as this out of touch, tyrannical despot is just unfair in my opinion. I'm gonna say it now. I am a Marie Antoinette apologist. I know that's so rich coming from me. Like, eat the rich. No one earns a billion dollars. I hate Jeff Bezos. Yeah, this is a little concerning. (laughs) But with Marie Antoinette, her persona and public image is so unforgiving. And I'm going to tell you why it's kind of wrong. It's not 100% wrong, but it's kind of of wrong. I always knew you weren't down with the revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Here is some background on Marie Antoinette before her body was relieved of her head. That's awful. That felt like the most delicate way to put it. Okay, but she was guillotined. So, like, that's the best way to go. Yeah. you know uh, it is. That was, like, a merciful failed, sort of- Society failed, and we went into late-stage capitalism when we got rid of the guillotine. And I stand by that. Every day, the sun will rise, and Siobhan will also talk about guillotines and the revolution. <laughs> I just These think we need truths. to bring it back. I'm just saying. Death, taxes, and you and guillotines. Okay, she was born in Austria in 1755, the daughter of the Holy Roman Emperor. Yep. The Holy Roman Empire was, as Voltaire once put it, neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. So just really well named. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the Holy Roman Empire at this point was what is now Germany and Austria, roughly. Okay. So she was already. Very roughly. But yeah. <laughs> she was. I'm just trying to give a geographic sort of. Context. To listeners that are like me and can't picture anything on a map. That was wildly unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you can look up Germany on a map. So she was already born into unbelievable wealth and privilege. She had seven brothers and seven sisters. All of her sisters were named Maria. Every single one was named Maria. Her mom was also named Maria. So I'm guessing she was like, if it ain't broke. (laughs) They all had different middle names, though. So it was like Maria Christina, Maria Caroline, and for our dear future Queen of France, her name was Maria Antonia. When she was 14 years old, she was married off to the future King of France, Louis. 14 seems a little late. 14 in terms of age? That would have been... That, that's actually early for this time period, like medieval period...
1: You're getting, you're, getting you're getting your 12, you're
0: getting your twelves yeah you're getting your like twelve year old child brides that but by the seventeen hundreds fourteen was a little young sixteen was a very I feel like sixteen is closer. Yeah, I agree. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, feel like I'm, I can't with this microphone. <laughs> you really I really just said she was a fourteen year old bride and you were like that seems old. <laughs> yeah, I feel it like a little though. No. <laughs> wait, I'm gonna stand by this. I'm like not backing down from this thought. <laughs> you would be six years into a marriage by now. And that would be frightening for whoever had to marry me because the last six years have been tumultuous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there <laughs> have been some ups and downs. Okay, well 14 is still an unbelievably young age yeah, no, that's in rare. any time period. I was still wearing Justice jeans when I was 14. Yeah, you're not a real person when you're 14. Like, I don't think I had sentience at 14. I don't really remember anything that happened before 14. Um, I do. That was, um, I was 12 when my therapist thought my mom was dead. So (laughs) that's that's a story that just like, (laughs) anyways, so she was sent off again at age 14 to leave her family, her country, literally everything she ever knew. They took her right to the border between the Holy Roman empire and France, set up a tent, had her, had her get out of the carriage, step into said tent. Her ladies took off all her Austrian clothing changed her into french style clothing Here. they did not let her keep anything that was austrian she actually brought her dog and they sent the dog back because they were like eh, austrian like what, that's was a the lot dog, did a dog look austrian you know i, I couldn't find many details about <laughs> the dog i just know that there was I'm something really undeniably Where is austrian your dog from? my dog is from the netherlands oh okay not fun Continue. Not, not fun all right nice noika if you're listening i apologize <laughs> Funny story, I didn't know Natalia had a dog until I had to drop off her mom's birthday present. I texted her and I was like, why was there a dog in your driveway? She's like, there's a dog at your house. I was like, yeah, that's mine. It's been there for for a while. Um, So Marie Antoinette did not get to keep her dog. um, And when she emerged from the tent, from then on, she would only be referred to as Marie Antoinette, which is the French That feels like a magical tent. (laughs) Which (laughs) she went in one way, came out a completely different person. What I would do to get my hands on a tent like that? (laughs) To just transform. (laughs) And Uh, then have the destination post-tent be French court? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But after that, she was never referred to again as Maria Antonia. She stepped into French territory without any semblance of her Austrian identity. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's traumatic. Like sure. we were, we then wonder why she spent so much money and gambled to fill the void. Like, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because you got gaslit into forgetting your childhood. <laughs> They're like Austrian. You're you're not Austrian. Did you hit your head again? <laughs> did Did you fall down? She's like, no. There was weird <laughs> There was a dog. I am not crazy, guys. And then they. So eat. that that seems tough. Yeah. Sure. I'm still not an apologist. Her. Okay. Eat I feel like I need to preface the apologist stance by saying that. I don't think she was a good person. That's not (laughs) what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that I think her role in everything that was wrong with France is so inflated. Okay. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. So my point here is that at 14, she left everything behind. I'm fairly certain she never goes back to Austria in her life. And she inherits an unjust country and monarchy and system. But she was not going to democratize france she didn't have much actual power think is that something that like was thought no but i'm saying that the way that she is viewed now is unfair because people kind of approach it from this like she is to blame and i'm like there's nothing that she could have even really done to change this system like i'm not saying she didn't contribute to it but she's not responsible Okay. For it, you know? Yeah. And if we're going to play the, the blame game, I mean, sure, she spent boatloads of money. But so did Louis Fourteenth who built Versailles. And I think she just became so vilified by the French people during the revolution. Like, she never said, let them eat cake. There's absolutely no evidence that she ever said that. And it came to be her defining quote. But the French hated the monarchy so much that she becomes the poster child for everything that was wrong with France. When she just got sent there and didn't really have any power to change it so on my feminist soapbox she's just wanted a long line of historical women who are unfairly judged the French monarchy was getting more and more powerful over the course of hundreds of years it was on this absolutist trajectory and she was out of touch with the people sure but she just kind of happened to be on the throne when the final straw came I mean like blame her husband blame the nobles or hello the catholic church who helped Uphold this system, but no, of course, all the blame for everything that's wrong in France falls squarely on her shoulders. Yeah, so that's that's but where you, I'm not saying she was a good person. I'm not saying that I'm she just, I don't know didn't have a gambling problem that needed to be addressed. But I'm saying that the way that she became emblematic of why people in fr- France didn't have bread and like that's I'm, just not I'm, I'm, that's I'm not historically accurate. still gonna say that you're not down with the revolution. She just. Her role in the plight of the poor has been so, so exaggerated. Okay. Now into the real story. (laughs) Someone light my communist soapbox on fire before I get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now into the real story, um, which is commonly referred to as the affair of the diamond necklace. Let me establish the players. Okay. First, we have Cardinal de Rohan. Cardinal de Rohan was the son of a very prominent French family, and as we learned in the Medici episode, you send your extra sons to be part of the church because it helps you retain power. Yes. So he rose, and I use that verb facetiously because <laughs> nepotism, but he rises to the rank of cardinal, but of course he's not pious at all. He doesn't care. He just spends money, throws parties, drinks, you know, just run-of-the-mill debauchery, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But before he became a cardinal, think, do you oh, think he kept his virtue? I, I'm gonna go with a fat <laughs> no on that one. I'm gonna say in that chance, of the Lord. Okay. Um, celibacy doesn't really seem to be something on his in list. his vocabulary. I don't know. Um, before he becomes a cardinal, he was the French ambassador to Vienna, where Marie Antoinette was born. So he spent quite a bit of time at her parents' court in the early 1770s. And he would, when he would be at their palace, he would, uh, he would throw these parties and act like he owned the place. So Maria you Teresa Maria Antoinette's mom is like, uh, s- excuse you, <laughs> what, what are you doing? So as you can imagine, she hates him because every time he goes there, he's so disrespectful and you know, throws these parties and that's not what you're supposed to do as you know, a diplomat. Um, so she physically cannot stand him, which is so fair. I mean, can you imagine somebody shows up to your house and decides to throw Project X? You're like, are, what are you doing? You're you're going to be like, all right, he um, sucks. Isn't that the start of every high school music, movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone shows up at your house and, like, tries to throw Project X. <laughs> One of my greatest tweets, if you scroll down far enough, is about suburban boys saying Project, Project X. X. <laughs> it's like boys Lit. from west harford will be like let's project x shit and then hit the bong inside instead of outside <laughs> um no but he was actually doing it he was like inviting people they were just they threw down yeah and i, I mean, just she there was, wasn't much going on yeah but that's not what you're supposed to do do it at your own estate like you don't show up to someone else's court someone else's palace you know, so she just hates him. Like Mar- Okay, okay, I can understand the hatred. Marie Antoinette's mom hates Cardinal de Rohan. So fast forward to when he's elevated to the rank of Cardinal in France, Maria Theresa goes to her daughter and is like, he came here, I'm still finding red solo cups from the <laughs> last time he was here. Back in France, I want you to make his life a living hell. And oh, as, as okay. all great mother-daughter duos... Their primary objective is to ruin this man's life. Fear. I love that for them. I have so much respect for them. So Marie Antoinette agrees. She's like, oh, I will be so mean to this guy. Don't you fret. I will ruin his life. This poor guy. I I don't know. I'm a him apologist. Okay, so you, you don't have sympathy <laughs> for Marie Antoinette, the 14-year-old who had to leave everything. But you do have sympathy for this guy. I love a man who parties. You're insufferable. <laughs> so Cardinal de Rohan comes to Paris and gets the cold shoulder. He's cast out of the inner circle of the king and queen. He's in the doghouse. Wait, is Fr- French court is in Paris? Well, like Versailles. I mean, they have a lot of castles. They have a lot of, well, at this point, palaces, but they have a lot of estates. But I mean, the central government is happening in Paris. I mean, that's the capital. I understand that it's the capital. I just know they live there. Okay. So he, So he comes to Paris and Marie Antoinette, it's like, I hate you. So, and it's very, very obvious. And he's like, oh, I'm in trouble. And the consequences are more than just having everyone at court ignore you. He isn't going to get appointed to any positions. He isn't going to have the favor or the ear of the king. He isn't going to oh be gifted God, land. No. So this is a big deal for him. This isn't just like, oh, she's kind of mean to me when I go for dinner. Like it's, it's bigger than that. So his number one goal is to get the king and queen to like him again. He is desperate to get back in their good graces and that's Cardinal De Rohan. We're gonna leave him there and table him and for he's now. just like crying in a corner, that's where we're leaving him. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Got it. He's punching the air, just like, stop hating me, please. But it's you'll see. Okay. We'll right. see if he's successful in that endeavor. Um I guess no. The funny. next character is a woman for whom I have no defense. Her name is- Welcome to the revolution. <laughs> her name is Jean de Valois Saint-Remy. My sister probably listened to that and cringed so hard. I cringed. Okay, well, I'm not- But not, like, from your pronunciation, from you, like, trying to pronounce it. All right, great. Thanks. I feel <laughs> very I'm supported- I'm from the other end of, than Caroline. I feel really supported in the studio at the moment. Okay, Jean de Valois Saint-Remy. Thank you. Are you happy? Okay. Um, I'm just going to call her- Oh, Valois. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm so good. Okay. I'm just going to call her Jean. Jean was born in northern France to a very, very poor oh. family. So, not the Valois, I was well, thinking. If you could just let me get to the okay. sentence. Okay, um, now, her family claimed to be descended from an illegitimate son of Henry II, yeah. who was a king of France in the 1500s from the Valois dynasty. Yeah. Now, the reason Siobhan is getting irrationally excited is because she just started binge watching the 2014 show, CW show, Rain. It's so good. Everyone watch it. i watched like, two seasons in like a week. Okay. It's like gossip girl meets riverdale meets meets 16th century yeah it's about mary queen of scots and her time at french court and all of a sudden they're putting in like psychological thriller yeah no it's like the wildest (laughs) ride i'm waiting for the gargoyle king to come (laughs) um wait okay now that we're on the topic have you seen the clips from riverdale this season no should we have a should we carve out some should we pencil in some time to watch (laughs) the highlights of this past season of riverdale Okay, me and my friends, when I go home, the first thing we're doing is binge watching it and um, there's a drinking game <laughs> where you like drink for the absurd things they say. Every time the gargoyle king is mentioned, <laughs> you have to like finish your drink. like every time Archie has his shirt off and he just definitely should be on. <laughs> me and Marin are like so excited. Um, But, okay, I'm gonna- Or Cheryl uses a crossbow in the 21st century. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Rain is definitely better than, than Riverdale, Riverdale, but it's that same sort of unhinged energy where you're like, any episode, I have no idea what lies before us in this next four well, minutes. Well, I thought it was getting out of hand with like you know like Catherine and her visions, yeah. but then they kind of explained that one, so I was like, okay, as long as it's not like too, it it's gonna rain itself back in. Yeah, pun, it does. pun intended. Okay, so if you've ever seen Rain, yes, she is descended from henry the second so king henry in the shows one of his illegitimate kids or at least she says she is oh, whether like bash. yes okay. whether she actually is is sort of lost to history we're not exactly sure um i feel like let's let's unpack that she's like i, I am royal she fully believes that that she is royal um but the valois dynasty was no longer ruling in france it was the bourbon's that's you know yeah. marie antoinette's husband and his family they were bourbon's so even a legitimate direct line descendant of the valois kings which there was none because they all died out but even if there were everyone would be like oh we literally don't care like the bourbon's are in power sorry your valois claim means nothing on top of that your claim is 200 years old and if every descendant of an illegitimate child of a king tried <laughs> to, to claim, claim the yeah. royal you know claim that they were royal we a problem. within 200 years everyone in france would say they were royal like the family tree of illegitimate royal kids isn't really a tree it's a canopy <laughs> <laughs> it's fair it's fair enough so jean is not royal unequivocally not royal that's just not how legitimacy works. And so for her to say that she is- I hate is, that for her It's like camp. Like it's <laughs> so extra for her to be like, I'm I mean, loyal, but like guys. Are you telling me you wouldn't? No. Like it that's just French not- French court. But that's just not how it works. And she knows that that's not how it works. Like nobody actually- I would, I would pun intended, give my head to go to French court. <laughs> okay, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. So she looks around at her life and the poverty in which- she lives and is wholly dissatisfied. She's like every single day of my life that I spend as a peasant is a day wasted. When I have <laughs> royal blood, I should be in a palace. And for that, I actually understand her. Every day of my life that I'm not drinking a cappuccino in London with a trench coat on is a day wasted. Please tell me you haven't bought a trench coat for London. Oh, it's oh, it's on my Christmas list. Like an actual trench. Oh man, that was my like, teeth on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> like an actual trench coat. Yes, floor-length trench coat. I you have, a, what's the problem? No, no, no. You know what? You're going to eat your words because I'm going to FaceTime you when I get it. And I'm going to be like, look at my cute little trench coat. And you're going to be like, oh, wow, Natalie, that actually looks so good. I'm so sorry I ever doubted your impeccable fashion sense. Okay. <laughs> sure. That's where you put in the studio laughter. We'll see. That was me. Okay. <laughs> I think the studio laughter actually just went off. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Jean is actually making sense to me there. I'm like, yeah. I relate to her Fair. In, in that sense. No, in no other sense, but just there where she's like, I'm wasting away. I too. Okay. So, there's one last piece that I need to talk about. And then I'm going to explain how all of these disparate things fit together. When Marie Antoinette first got to France, her husband was not king. He was still the Dauphin or prince. Her, his grandfather, Louis Fifteenth was king. Louis XV had a mistress named Madame de Berry. Okay. In 1772, Louis XV decides to give Madame de Berry a gift, as you do with your mistress. So he commissioned the Parisian jewelers Bomer and Bassange to make a necklace for her. But this was not like a little pearl necklace. This is not your little Van Cleef. No, this was a multi-tiered. Fucking Van Cleef. (laughs) This was a multi-tiered, seventeen-stoned, two thousand eight hundred-carat monstrosity of a necklace. The I want it. I want it. The asking price was 1.6 million livres, which today would be $15 million. Which I feel like, I don't know. I mean, with luxury items, that doesn't sound maybe like that much. But this is one necklace for $15 million. Well, that Gucci, or no, the Chanel necklace. No, is it Chanel? The one with the pearls and the diamonds in it. They're asking a lot for that. They're asking like $100,000 for that too. Yeah, but I mean, $100,000, this is $15 (laughs) million. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I feel like... You should, everyone should really look up a picture of this necklace. I feel like your neck would snap off if you put this on. Your neck would. Another rain reference. Your (laughs) your neck would permanently be at a 45 degree angle if you put this on. Like all I can really say about this necklace is that it's fundamentally incompatible with the human body. (laughs) (laughs) This thing would have weighed so much you could not feasibly put it on your person. I'm just watching her look up this necklace. It's that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, should I get you this for Christmas? A t-shirt okay. with a necklace on it. <laughs> that's actually a really good gift. I'm not even going to lie. That's a necklace for everyone else in the studio. So it's, I mean, that's not even a necklace. That's like a harness. That's an apparatus. Yeah. Um. So that's what is okay. Fair commissioned. So the jewelers say to the king while they're making it, and it takes them a very long time to make it because it's so ridiculously extravagant. Yeah. They're like, this is going to be stupid expensive. Please just promise us that once it's done, you'll pay for it. Because <laughs> if you don't, we cannot pay back the materials and the 2,800 carats it took to make it. In which case, we will be beyond bankrupt. So Louis the Fifteenth is like, oh my God, relax, guys. I will pay for it. He doesn't pay for it. Spoiler Famous like. last <laughs> words. Before the necklace is complete, Louis XV Yarrr. dies. Within days, um, M- Madame de Bury, who the necklace is for, is drop kicked out of French court because mistresses never fared well after their king and lover died. Yeah, you just never want to li- outlive your lover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never. Because um, just never does only- well. Only destitution awaits you after that. Um, And now the guy who said he would pay for the necklace and the person the necklace was for are both completely out of the picture. Okay. The jewelers are screaming and crying and throwing up. They're like, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah, that's that's a tough blow for them. I'm not going to lie. So now Louis the 15th was Louis the 16th, who is Marie Antoinette's husband. This was his grandfather because Louis XVI's dad died a couple years before this, like before Marie Antoinette showed up in Paris. Okay. So Louis Sixteenth is heir to the throne. So when Louis XV dies, leaving behind the necklace, Marie Antoinette and Louis Sixteenth become king and queen of France. Fair
1: so enough. Marie
0: Antoinette had been in France for seven years at this point and hadn't been queen. She was just sort of, you know, the, the heir a parent's wife, um, but in those seven years, through her tumultuous adolescence, I guess, tumultuous in the sense that she was wildly unhappy. Um, you know what? And we all are. Between the years of 14 and 21, I feel everyone is wildly unhappy. Also, um, her and her husband- She needs some well-bussy. Didn't <laughs> She does not need wellbutrin, okay? Um, Marie Antoinette and her husband didn't consummate their marriage for seven years. Why? it's sort of unexplained i don't know i think they just like weren't really that She <laughs> was really bored no she just wasn't she was like eh. yeah i don't know um so they're like not having kids and everyone's kind of like what's the deal like you're 17 you should be a mother of four by now what's going on Aww. um so yeah her like, her young adolescence while waiting to be queen doesn't go great and then her time as queen doesn't go great but then her and louie actually end up they're very like devoted to each other in the end so Kind of sad. but So they grow. Yeah, they do grow into into okay. liking each other. But I mean, they were both really young when they got married, so it kind of makes sense. But they definitely grew into liking each other. Anyways, in these seven years, she's developed a reputation for spending money and gambling and living luxuriously, living lavish. So the jewelers calm down for a hot sec. And they're like, okay, we can salvage this. We just need someone else to buy the necklace so the natural person to sell this necklace to is obviously marie antoinette she has all the latest fashion you know having an entire diamond mind on her neck is like right up her alley yeah. so after the necklace is finished they present it to marie antoinette and they say would you like to buy our necklace uncharacteristically she says no and she doesn't just <laughs> say no she says a fat effing no and she says no for two reasons. Because it was meant for the king's mistress. Yes. Oh my god. You're getting so good with your royal I know. With your royal like rules and Thank
1: you know you. intuition. Thank you.
0: Um so the necklace was originally made for a mistress. And even though it was never even in Madame de Berry's well, possession, the fact that it was faux pas. Yes, the fact that it was intended for her has tarnished it in Marie Antoinette's eyes. And she's actually insulted that they even offered it to her. These poor jewelers. Yeah. Um, oh, things are gonna get so much worse for them. Aww. And the second point was that even if it weren't made for a mistress, it's too expensive even for Marie Antoinette. <laughs> they were t- which that's saying a lot. They were trying to finance a new naval fleet and they needed money for that. And she famously said, like we have more need of seventy four ships than one diamond necklace. So okay. there you go, all your Marie Antoinette haters. Um and so why she- did she give a shit about the French army? She's queen. I mean, her husband cared. Yeah. If I was queen, I'd be like, give me the, the necklace. necklace. Yeah. yeah, and that's why you would lose your head in any century, in any time period, in any country. Yeah, no. And I think in this century, I may <laughs> lose my head as well. <laughs> um, okay, so a few years later, Louis offers to buy it for her as a gift. And again, she just, she doesn't want it. So the jewelers are back to losing their minds. And at this point, they're completely bankrupt. They spent so much money creating this godforsaken necklace and they haven't gotten a dime back. So with quite literally nothing else to lose, they take the necklace and decide they're hitting the road and they're going on tour. They start (laughs) showing up at the courts of all of these different monarchies in Europe asking them to buy the necklace they're going from country to country asking queens duchesses anyone who might feasibly have enough money to purchase this thing and everyone says no because it's too expensive like nobody wants a 15 million dollar in today's currency necklace. yeah no that that is asking a lot i'll give it to them and also everyone who's smart enough is like how would i put that on my body like i i would die wearing that um yeah how heavy do you think it was like pounds like, yeah. Oh, this thing was heavy. And it probably hurt your neck. Like, it Didn't everything you wear hurt? That's Beauty super fair. Pain. That's super fair. Um, but this seems like it would hurt particularly badly. Okay. Fair enough. So, at this point, it's 1781, and they've been trying to sell this necklace for six years. Yeah. This European tour was a bust, so they've come back to France, and in the meantime, Marie Antoinette has given birth to a son. Yay, Marie. Can we get the applause? Rain Marie <laughs> had finally had a s- so it, you know this is when her and Louis start to actually like each other evidently. Yeah that um, always seems to kick it off. So it took like I said it took her years to get pregnant because they like weren't consummating the marriage and so when she finally has a son this is a big deal as it is. Always, so the jewelers come back and they're like, "Look at you! Wow, you've got this, sun. You should celebrate, girl. Like, a present. You earned it. Here, you deserve a push present. Um, how would you like our big fat diamond necklace?" And she's like, "You again? Like, I don't want your necklace." The jewelers are like, "We're the try. We're the try." She's now denied the necklace thrice. thrice. Okay, so now we have to pick back up with our old friend Jean, our fake royal. Okay. While all this has been going on, Jean had been married to a guy who was part of the gendarme, which is basically the class of nobles who were cavalrymen. But we're, like, pretty sure that he made that up. Made that up. And, like, his ties to nobility are tenuous at best. And he was probably from a family of absolutely no importance. But he was higher up in the social order than Jean. So, you know, that makes him attractive, obviously. Um, Jean had left the family farm and started to get involved in thievery, con artistry, just making a very dishonest living around the board. Okay, here's the the thing. I think if I didn't have crippling anxiety, I would be a really good con artist. Do you really think that? (laughs) I do. I think it could be so fun. What qualities do you think you possess that would make you good at that? I think I'm a good liar. I'm like not. A, I'm really not. I used to be a good liar when I was a kid, but n- I'm not a good liar anymore. So, yeah. I'm so maybe good. you could pull it off. I definitely pull couldn't. Definitely could. Are you lying right now? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> and that's why you'd be. I really conned you to it. into this friendship. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Your mom's paying on, me on air, no less. Um, so Jean's getting involved in all that good stuff, and she's running in these circles of Connaught on artistry, thievery, and this is where she meets her husband. But she quickly figures out that he is never going to provide her with the kind of life and luxury that she wants and feels that she's owed. Okay. So she's not really a pick-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of gal. She's more of a steal-someone-else's-bootstraps kind of gal. Yeah. And you know what? Power to you. Power to you. Oh, her her. you feel... Oh, I her. do. I am an apologist. Wow. <laughs> Um, so she's got her eyes out for schemes and for money. And so given that she's in Paris, she is like hearing about this necklace that these two jewelers are trying to sell, you know, whatever, but it's sort of fading into the the, the backdrop of all the other schemes that, that she's got going on. But you know, she, she's like heard about this, this necklace thing, but a lot of people have because they're all like, Oh wow, look at those two jewelers who are totally <laughs> bankrupt and so beyond screwed. Um, at this same time, she crosses paths with none other than our favorite rager, um, Cardinal de Rohan. Ooh, I see, I see where this is going. Are they going to have a love affair? Don't, don't jump the gun here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so he loves to party and gamble, and so it tracks that they would be running in the same circles that Jean has clawed her way yeah. up into. So, one night at a party, Cardinal de Rohan and Jean are in the same place, and Cardinal de Rohan tells Jean that Marie Antoinette hates him, which, true, yeah. she does, yeah. um, and that he's been trying to get back into her good graces, but so far has been completely unsuccessful. Fair. Now, say what you will about Jean, and actually, I mean, this doesn't even apply anymore because you, you appear to be a fan. Um, I am a fan. She was making money moves. Homegirl had vision. Everyone else was playing checkers. She's playing chess. This is my type of girl. She's going full blown queen's gambit on her ceiling, figuring out how to make money. Like she does not rest. And I feel like that's low key me. That's not you in the slightest. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Okay, but like, I I do make money. All I do is work. (laughs) Yeah, but like at a restaurant, you're not conning people. Actually the restaurant (laughs) industry, I mean, you say what you will, but. Um, we should just do an episode where I just talk about blackfin. Every time you say that the fin fries are good, you're conning people. <laughs> Every time I'm like, yeah, get the blackfin hot chocolate. Oh my God. Stop. Don't. No. The blackfin hot chocolate is actually good. Every time you're like, no, the flatbreads are super good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, the flatbreads breads- suck. Sorry. <laughs> the BBQ salmon salad. Just delicious. delicious. <laughs> um. So Jean hatches a plan to use the cardinal to make some money. Now, it's a little confusing because there is evidence that Jean and Rohan were sleeping together, but honestly, in their web of immorality, that's that yeah. comes so far down on the list, it's barely even noteworthy. Okay. So, it wasn't, like, a love affair. Like, they were just, like... Yeah, I think okay. it was just, like, oh, we're both bound by, yeah, like, absolutely no ethical compass. <laughs> um, So, she says to Cardinal de Rohan, oh, well... I'm a lady in waiting to Marie Antoinette and I would be happy to speak to her on your behalf and put in a good word, put in a good word. Cardinal Drahun must not have known who she actually what? was, but at every turn in this story, he exhibits such a lack of intelligence that you can't assume that he ever knows what's going oh, on. Poor guy. Um, so, because Marie Antoinette hated him and he was never at court, he didn't know that she wasn't actually that she wasn't actually at court like hanging out with Marie Antoinette. The, he couldn't really cross that, reference yeah, this because okay. he was never there. So he didn't really know what was going on or who was hanging out with who. Um so when she says, "Oh, I'm a lady in waiting," he he believes her. So Cardinal de Rohan is like, "Uh, yeah, that sounds fire. Please <laughs> talk to her on my behalf." And so it begins. Oh God. Jean starts meeting up with Cardinal de Rohan with, quote-unquote, letters from the Queen. The letters from the she's Queen— She's so committed to the bit. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Okay. The letters are, uh, from the Queen are apologizing, saying she's sorry for the way that she's treated him, that she misjudged him, like, the whole shebang. And he's like, oh, my God, Jean, I could never thank you enough. I'm going to write her back. I'm going to start a little pen pal, pen pal ship with yeah the queen. So Jean pays some guy to dress up as a royal courier <laughs> and show up at the cardinal's house to deliver letters back and forth between him and the queen. No, the, fair w- enough. Like fair the wool pulled so far over this fair guy's eyes. Enough. They got him hook, line, sinker. Okay. So Jean is forging all of these letters that are supposedly from Marie Antoinette, obviously. She she has never met Marie Antoinette, nor has she ever been to French court. Okay. Um, and as the correspondence goes on, Jean's letters go from being apologetic to being warm to being flirty to oh. being full-blown <laughs> romantic. <gasps> the pipeline. Good for her. Good um, for her. And basically, Jean, pretending to be Marie Antoinette, is now in a pen pal relationship with the Cardinal. And the Cardinal falls in love with the Queen back because all of the things that she says in her letters. Oh. So the Cardinal like, thinks that he and Marie Antoinette are having a secret love affair. Oh. And the whole time it's John. But it, it gets worse because, you know, he he's covering his bases, you know, like yeah, people today could use with some of this knowledge. He's like, we should meet up. Like, yeah. I don't think it was to confirm. I think he just really wanted to meet up with his So he just has, love. like, a very low lack of intelligence. A, l- a low lack of intelligence. Me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. No, I'm no, really, I really... I just don't have a grasp of the English language, and it just, like, really frustrates me that you want to point it out all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, he's, like, really mm,
1: not astute guy. in this
0: situation. Um, So th- this would be a very opportune time for Jean to be like oh oh I'm out like this has yeah. gone too far i've been burned in an enemy behind enemy lines i can't keep pulling off this scheme it's gotten too deep how am i going to arrange a meeting between cardinal de rohan and the queen who hates him and also has no idea about these letters i i am interested to see how this one plays out um you know but she's never deterred and that's Ever. And that's something we respect from and that's her. A good quality to have if you're not like a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jean says, uh, "Yeah, yeah, okay, you guys can meet." She tells him in a letter to meet her, the queen. In the gardens of Versailles, one summer night in 1785. Wait, but how is she going to get into Versailles? You know, and this is where I come back to the fact that she is never deterred. If there's a problem, she has. If there, she's the definition of, if there's a will, there's a way. If there's a will for her to make money and sneak someone into the gardens of Versailles, she's going to do it. And the other thing is that the gardens of Versailles are incredibly expansive they're huge so you can be there and not be far seen. Okay. away from anyone who might detect you and sort of you know pull off this idea okay but she tells him that he has to sneak in because her husband the king cannot find out about the affair but really it's because if he showed up at the doors Marie Antoinette would be like what who are you, are you? no okay. she'd be like oh my god it's you and I hate you get out of here oh okay 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 so, Sean's like, yeah, d- like I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're g- you're going to have to sneak in. In the meantime, Jean knows of a sex worker in Paris who is known for being Marie Antoinette's doppelganger. That's this individual's claim to fame. Okay. Okay, loving this. She goes to this sex worker, pays her to pretend to be Marie Antoinette, <laughs> but gives her no context. She's like, "Um, don't ask any questions don't ask just smile, i won't tell. just you just need to pretend to be the queen and like here are some letters for context and go meet up with this guy so she orchestrates for the sex worker to be snuck into the gardens in the middle of the night to meet cardinal de rohan okay who has also somehow managed to sneak in but again like the gardens are so expansive oh, do we think they were like climbing garden fences yes that's, okay i'm i'm thinking like cardinal de rohan just like Scaling a a hedge is sort of the image that is in my mind. Um, And it works. The two of them talk briefly. Again, there's not any lights. And this woman already looks a lot like Marie Antoinette. You know, all you got to do is put your fan up to your face and flutter it a little bit. And he is none the wiser. Okay, And he gives her a rose. They have this little exchange. She pretends to be in love with him. And then after no time at all, she's like, I got to go. We can't get caught. And since he's still not allowed at court, in his mind, this is happening because the king can't know about the affair. When in reality, Mm -hmm. it's because (laughs) because Marie (laughs) Antoinette still hates him and has no idea what's going on. Like, she was just asleep in her bed one night or maybe, like, taking a bath. Absolutely no idea that this is going on in the gardens. Okay. So... This is where we need Nevin Max. Like, where is the camera crew <laughs> from Catfish? Like, your surprise, you're on MTV's Catfish. You have been successfully Catfish. No, I just want to continue to see it like derail. And the funny thing though is that Catfish, the end of the episode is always that one. Once the physical person is revealed, it's always like, oh my god, I've I got God. I've just played <laughs> this. He's so convinced because now in his mind, he and the Queen have had a secret meeting. Uh, so. He, He's never been more convinced. I, I no. have to give props to. I know you kind of do because this <laughs> kind of ingenuity, at that time, she was been so bored. She, well, she was like working around the clock to make this work. Yeah. Fair enough. So after this, Cardinal de Rohan is so grateful to Jean, obviously, because he's like, not only did you make her like me, you, or we're now, we're now we're in, in love. love. Yeah. So this is a great spot for me to be in. Um, and this was Jean's plan. All along. The the meetup was not part of the plan. I think that was an unforeseen hurdle that she cleared with flying and colors. Yeah. I mean, not even, didn't even break a sweat with this one. Um, and so now that this has happened, he's indebted to her for mending his relationship with the queen. And she starts asking to borrow money. And sh- this was sort of the okay, end yeah. of yeah. the scheme. And she said she was doing it to fund charities on the queen's behalf, but she was actually just pocketing all the money. Okay. And he's perfectly happy to do It's like an early this. pyramid scheme. Yes, because he trusts her given everything that's happened. And now, I mean, why would he ever doubt that she's actually a lady yeah. of the queen? So that was the end of her sort of scheme. She's like, I got my money. Exactly. The necklace was never supposed to become something, weasel its way into this whole conundrum, this whole affair. So, in order for Jean to pull all this off and make Cardinal de Rohan believe that she's actually BFFs with the Queen. She walks around Paris talking about how she's BFFs with the Queen and tells That's everyone. That's how you get your head cut off. And tells everyone how close they are and just, you know, that they have girl chat and pillow oh talk and braid each other's hair and they've got <laughs> friendship bracelets and Jean's like, ah, my best friend Marie. um, And they've never met. Absolutely never met. Okay. And everyone in Paris believes her. Why not? Right. Why not? I know because I think at that time they're like, "Who would even make this up?" Yeah, like, that's such an elaborate scheme. Yes, it's just. Yeah. Th- it, it, there's so much she going was, on that they're like, "I'm no, not gonna she lie." She was Kardashian before the Kardashians. <laughs> she was Kris Jenner, <laughs> <laughs> like scheming. The devil works hard, but Jean works Bajon harder, and Kris Jenner works harder. Um. So. Now the jewelers come back into this whole oh okay. array. They're still trying to sell this necklace to no avail. And all of a sudden they hear about this girl this woman who is BFFs with the queen. Oh God. They approach Jean with their necklace that they started working on. Thirteen years ago. These poor guys. Yeah, they've been they have had no money this whole time and they've probably been chasing off debt collectors and whatever because they can't sell the necklace and they can't start other work because they don't have any money to pay for the materials to assemble. So they gotta sell this necklace. So yeah, no, every single day is about selling the necklace. About selling the necklace. (laughs) Um they're on the brink of probably insanity. So they go to Jean and they say, We'll offer you a commission. If you can convince Marie Antoinette, your bestie, to buy the necklace. Okay. And now she's like we're we're cooking with gas now. <laughs> this was the scheme I was born for. Um So she's in the big leagues now. Yeah. And, and I'm it, proud of her. I've watched her from her infancy, and you know what? I respect her. I'm descendant from her. <laughs> Your Irish ancestors are like, girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what did we do in the potato famine for yeah. you to say this? <laughs> I did not survive that blight for you to pretend that you're, anyways. Um, so in another stroke of absolute brilliance, she writes as the queen again to her good old friend Cardinal de Rohan and says as the queen in her musings... <sighs> You know, I really, want. I've always wanted this necklace, but the French people would just be so mad at me if I spent all that money. So I had to say no. But you, schnookums, no, you could buy it for Cause me. This is so good. This is, I know it's so good. How did she come up with this? I'm She's s- brilliant. I'm simultaneously brilliant. in disgust and awe. I'm in only in awe. There's nothing disgusting about this. Honey, you could buy it for me. I'll pay you back and the common people will never know I spent 1.6 million livres on a necklace. Okay. Ingenious. Yeah. That's all I can say. Just ingenious. So he literally does. He goes to the jewelers. And says, I'm going to pay you in installments as I get money from the queen, whom I have letters from. The letters are sort of like the, he's showing it to them being like, this is legit. See, you know, like I'm not just (laughs) making this up. And I do actually have the the money money because it's going to be the queen's money. And, you know, they've got plenty of money. So the jewelers totally believe it. They're like, oh my God, this is the best. Best day of my <laughs> life. Um, so they give Jean the commission for convincing the queen to buy it. The queen to buy it, even though Cardinal Rohan is going to be the intermediary. Jean still takes credit for convincing the queen that actually she wants it. Okay, which I mean she kind of orchestrated the whole thing. So give her her commission. Yeah, okay. give her the credit she's due. So. Cardinal de Rohan pays out of pocket the first installment, sort of like the down payment of it being like, here's your first little bit of what's to come. And then I'm gonna funnel the rest of the money from the queen as she gives it to me. And here are the letters proving all of this and that I've been instructed to 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 complete this transaction. Jean and so after the first installment, they give him the necklace. So now Cardinal de Rohan is in possession of the necklace. They have that's no, a dumb business model. Yes, but if you think about how desperate they were to sell it, the idea that someone would finally take it off their hands, like they were probably so exhilarated that someone was actually going to buy it, that they okay. they give it. They were like, yeah, sure, sure, here it is, you know. And and we have the first payment, and we have no reason to think that this won't go smoothly. Okay. So, Jean pays some guy to dress up as the queen's valet. Yep. Go to the cardinal's house and, quote-unquote, bring the necklace to the queen. When, in reality, this courier that Jean has paid off takes the necklace. To Jean. Brings it to Jean. Jean takes apart the necklace and sells the diamonds on the black market in London. She's a queen! I'm obsessed with her, what? (laughs) Which just, what? So the necklace doesn't even exist anymore because she took apart all of the diamonds in the necklace. And it's unclear if she went to London to do it herself or had the diamonds brought to London. Sells them on the black market and is now filthy rich. (laughs) Like filthy, stinking rich, okay? As she should be. Sells it for millions of dollars. But then the second payment comes due. Oh, and she's like, not out. And Cardinal de Rohan had not heard anything from the queen because the queen is actually Jean and Jean has gotten her money and taken off. Yeah, she's like, done with this whole thing. So Cardinal's like, do, 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 do. Where is the second installment, queen? So, um, and then the jewelers are also like, "Haha, where, where, where's the rest of the money? Like, please don't let there be any hiccups. Give us our money." And the cardinal's like, "Um, I don't know. I was supposed to get more from the queen, but she hasn't sent, sent any." Okay. So the jewelers are at this point just—we've been through too much. Let's go to the source. Let's figure out what's going on. Show up. Let's go. At the palace. Oh. This is why I say it's such a good story. They show up to the palace. They're like, we're going to clear this up. We're going to Versailles. (gasps) They get to the palace, request an audience with Marie Antoinette and Louis, and are like, so when is the next installment going to be sent to Cardinal de Rohan? (laughs) Marie Antoinette is like, what? (laughs) On God's green earth, are you talking about? Not only have I denied your necklace thrice, you're now saying that I had my sworn enemy. I despise Cardinal de Rohan, so you're saying that I went to some guy who I quite literally cannot stand, who I've semi-banished from court, and I used him as an intermediary to buy a necklace I don't even want. Oh boy! So Marie Antoinette is like, I don't know what you like think you're doing here, um, but I don't know what you're talking about and I also have never nor will currently ever want your necklace the jewelers are like um what <laughs> no 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 we've seen your letters we've seen your letters like stop lying in front of your husband like- yes okay Marie Antoinette is furious as she should be because she's like I never wrote any damn (laughs) letters. What are you talking about? Okay. And she's insulted by this idea that somehow she owes them money. Yeah. She's like, what in the world are you (laughs) talking about? And that she's been in cahoots with the Cardinal. She's like, everything you're insinuating makes me want to punch you in the face. Yeah. So she's mad and is like, get the hell out of here. Marie Antoinette decides that she's had Quite enough of whatever's going on and knows that obviously Cardinal de Rohan is involved in some capacity. She has going. Owen thinks it's he. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, she's like, I don't know what's going on, but he's. He's up to something. Yes. Okay. And it makes sense because we're sworn enemies. So even though he's like, my girlfriend, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, you don't know her. She, she goes to a different school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear. She's different around me. It's like different. <laughs> so. Marie decides to have guards go get him at his house, drag him to court, and she demands in front of the whole court that he publicly explain himself. Oh boy! And he's like, "What? What? What?" He's horribly confused. <laughs> he's, he's like, like "We're like, in love. <laughs> what are you doing right now?" Which is just this. This is a Shakespearean tragedy, honestly. <laughs> like, it's a it's a tragedy of oh, Shakespeare. Okay, I'm feeling kind of bad for De Rohan machinations. Um. So he's holding the letters that Jean had written to him and he's like look these are the letters you wrote me. She's obviously never seen <laughs> these letters in her life. It would have been very very confusing for her. However, all of this kind of gets cleared up because for all of her genius, sure. Jean has made Oh a no, not a grave error. A little mistake. A little mistake. A, g- a grave, grave little mistake. Is it going to cross her head? We'll get to that. Oh, I loved her head. It was so smart. Full oh. of ideas. Full of ambition. She should be running the country, honestly. You know the tweets that are like, the women at the um, GW testing center should be running the country? <laughs> they no, they should. They should be <laughs> running the country. Um, all of the letters are signed. Marie Antoinette de France. What is it? Okay. Duh is of. So she's signing them. Jean is signing them Marie Antoinette of France. Keep in mind, Jean grew up very poor. She didn't have any proper like etiquette training or. So she doesn't know what the the proper signature for a monarch is in a personal letter. That's not an official like government signature. So monarchs only sign letters personal letters with their given name not a title okay okay so it should have just said marie not marie antoinette to france so cardinal de rohan hands the letters to louis being like i'm in an affair with your wife <laughs> and she solicited me to buy this necklace and louis looking at the letters and he He's goes like, no. this isn't from these aren't from my wife these are not from my wife Jesus. And Cardinal de Rohan is like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "These say Marie Antoinette de France. That's not how a monarch signs. If she, if these were her letters, it would say Marie." Oh God. Now, I, as I was researching this, I was like, "Okay, what if she, like, why did no one argue that she did that on purpose so, so that it, in this exact situation yeah. she could plead?
1: You like know, it's like, not, yeah, it's not exactly."
0: Me. But I think the idea is that it's not like she's using a code name, she's signing the letters. So I think the rationale is if you're gonna sign them, you're gonna sign them correctly. Because it's not like she's using a fake name or a code name. And so they're like, if she's gonna give her whole identity, Marie Antoinette de France, then she would have just signed it the way that she's supposed to sign it. Because honestly, Marie is kind of less obvious or more common, there's lots of people named Marie. She has six sisters named Marie. (laughs) Precisely. Um, And so I think the idea is people were really convinced that, at least at court, people were convinced that these letters weren't from her because if she was going to sign her full name, she would have done it correctly. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, So now everyone realizes that trickery is afoot. Something (laughs) else is going (laughs) on because these letters are not from Marie Antoinette. Louis was so upset that the Cardinal would fall for this because the Cardinal is from a prominent family. The Cardinal has had this education the king is like you are so such an stupid. idiot yeah. you should have from the very first letter you should have known that something was not right louis so upset that he arrests him oh. cardinal de rohan gets arrested oh, after this, this whole poor guy he's just been bamboozled <laughs> three days later the sex worker who impersonated the queen because the whole scheme like cardinal de rohan sings like a canary because yeah, he like, like starts unraveling Yeah, exactly but okay. because i mean he's now kind of realizing that he's been duped so three days later, the sex worker who impersonated the queen and Jean, sure? who either, this is why I say I'm not really sure if she why went she to London. Flee? Yeah, it's unclear. I don't know if she went to London and then came back because she had to tie up some loose ends. I don't know. But she was Just back. leave those loose ends. <laughs> Just leave them there. She was black fray. It, it probably had something to do with money because one thing about her, is she's never going to leave a dime unturned, <laughs> a penny not picked up. Um, so she must have come back from London at some point because they were apprehended. Okay, and they all stood—the three of them—public trial for their deception. I love a good public trial. You'll you'll be happy with this. Drawn, cornered, (laughs) Cardinal (laughs) de Rohan was acquitted on the basis of his own stupidity. The court literally found that in order for him to get wrapped up in this, he had to be so dumb. He had to be so dumb that you pleading insanity. Yes, that. They could not reasonably hold him accountable, accountable. for his actions. Exactly. Yeah, They're like, you're no. just so dumb that we're gonna let you free because you you just really didn't have any idea at any point what was going on. <laughs> okay. The justice sex, for Rohan, the sex worker, is also acquitted, which like. Her, good for her. Yeah. Um, Because she was seen as just kind of this young girl who was tricked into doing and this. And, like, she was just paid, like, exactly. she wasn't she, in on the deception. Ex- exactly. She was just paid to do a job. I mean, but it is kind of surprising because impersonating the queen is a big, that's a big deal. That would have been yeah, a big crime. Like but that. I think that they're really just trying to pin Sean because they're like, eh, the sex worker no, let's is. get her for everything. Yeah. She's like, okay. eh. She was just sort of collateral damage and all of this. So those two are acquitted. Jean was found guilty, and sentenced to life in prison. So not execution, but life in prison. Which I know yeah, And yeah, execution yeah, yeah, would have yeah. been so much. I don't know, fruitier, Cleaner. yeah, <laughs> just more fun. Um, I am so against capital punishment. I I just want that to be uh, like known. Like right now, like in America, there should not be capital punishment. But I just like think that they did executions well in medieval times. Okay, this is not medieval times, but yeah, you you got it. Sorry. Okay, Sorry. but Sorry. capital punishment is dumb, and no one should spend their life on death row. Okay, continue. Um. Thank you for that. (laughs) So she's sentenced to life in prison, but within a year, she escapes prison. This girl just does not stop. She does not rest. She does not quit. And she flees to London. She's like, oh, you know, I really should have just. Done this originally. Yeah, left and never returned before. So I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. But in true style, she died in 1791 after. Wait for it falling out a window while running from debt collectors <laughs> like you, you you can't make this up you cannot make this up because and then i was like why was she running from debt collectors she had more money than, than god yeah but when she was put in prison she lost all the money that she had gotten from this whole scheme which is usually how it that's just really such how a tough for jean to go yeah i mean they should do that now because then I would never have to like hear about Jordan Belford ever again in my life and that would be such a win. Um, Do you hear about him frequently? Yeah, Does he, he come like, up in your daily up? life? No he pops up on my TikTok and is like socialism is bad because and then I just scroll because I, I don't care what he has to say. Oh. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying if people go to prison for things they should lose their money. If it's money related crimes. Anyways. Wait, okay. This is my white collar soapbox. Um, so don't they? I don't Will they have don't all their know. assets seized by the government? I don't know. They might, but I feel like there's a lot of. I mean, I I I Martha know that Stewart's still sitting pretty in Litchfield, Connecticut, in her big house. So, yeah, but that's because she had money overseas. Yeah, exactly. So they get around it. Okay. Anyways, so despite the fact that she had absolutely nothing to do with the necklace affair, Marie Marie Antoinette is still blamed by the French people for all of it. Even though the trial was public knowledge and even though the happenings of the trial That's were- That's a spin. That's a spin. Spin doctor needed, got in there. A, she needed an Olivia Pope from yeah, Scandal and she, and she did. didn't have one. Um, she was very unpopular by the 1780s already. I mean, the French monarchy just- Was on its was, way Was and she was spending- It was off A lot of money. And- We know how I feel about that already. Um, And while the trial was going on, the press was publishing propaganda about how this was probably just Marie's elaborate scheme to get her hands on the necklace. So the way it was read by the people was when Jean was in the letters, when Jean was like, I always wanted this necklace and I just didn't know how to get it. That That, that even, even though the court was like, obviously that's a lie because- You've said no thrice. And yeah, exactly. And these letters are all from Jean. This isn't even what the Queen said. People still believed. Yes. That she did it. Okay. They believed that, that this was just kind of her way of getting around it and that she, they knew that she hated Cardinal de Rohan and they were like, he, she was trying to take him down in this scheme and it all just kind of blew up in her face. I mean, stop I, right now. Stop right now. Marie Antoinette did no, no, not no, no. write any of the letters. I know she didn't write any of the letters, but you have to think for someone. To for people to like easily believe that she had to have done enough to inspi- inspire enough hate to believe that she yeah, was that's capable true. of that's this. That's true. Um, like you can't just like jump to this. Yeah, that is true. There has to be they other will, actions thing, like that like you're they climbing. Really, they would have pinned anything on her because they just hated her so. Don't be hated so much. You get to keep your head. All right. Um Natalie's going down. She's hated. Am I hated by me? By- <laughs> great right, nice um so they're publishing all this propaganda about how this was actually all marie's scheme um and that she used jean to get the necklace for herself and it, she was trying to take cardinal de rohan down in the process and like i said everyone knew she hated him so this seemed to track and almost the story of what jean did was so outlandish yeah. that it was easier to believe that the queen had, had just, just was done all it. Of, when yeah. someone's like oh yeah they snuck into the you know, pal- the Gardens of Versailles. People are like, yeah, yeah sure, you did. Okay. You got a sex worker into the Gardens of yeah, Versailles. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like, and I have more than one loaf of bread this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> a loaf. So, in just a few short years, the French Revolution will break out. And one of the grievances they cite. Years later, I mean, not that many, like probably four or five years after this, um, one of the grievances they cite with Marie Antoinette and Louis is the diamond necklace affair, okay? Because they thought it was all her doing. That's literally one of the reasons that they wanted to get rid of them. I mean, it was a whole host of reasons. Yeah. It was kind of like declaration of independence, <laughs> grievance list, like grocery list of just horrible yeah. things that they've done. But this was on the list. That sucks. And I think... She was going to lose her head anyway. It was kind so. of the final straw in them despising her to the... Robespierre ex- was probably in a room screaming, crying, and throwing up as this unfolded. He's like, I couldn't have written it better myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really, Him and Danton were like, I, oh, oh my, my God. God <laughs> we struck gold. Um, <laughs> we didn't even do anything. <laughs> Thanks, John. Um, Yeah, she should have gone as a martyr for the revolution. Years later... Napoleon Bonaparte said, in reference to the scandal, quote, the queen's death must be dated from the diamond necklace trial. Napoleon said that. That's how big of a deal this was. Jeez. This is obviously very sad for Marie, because this is in the same vein as Let Them Eat Cake, which she never said. Yeah, same thing. she with gets this whole misinterpreted. F- this is what I'm saying. See, right. I feel like I've turned you around now, a you little. know, because... It, it begs the question, what else of our conception of her is made up by how much they hated her? Like, how much of her legacy that was preserved is stuff that was exaggerated or misinterpreted or just kind of surmising things that weren't actually accurate? Um but, like I said, I don't think she's a good person. I will never argue that she was a good person. And I just that think the that. The French Revolution shouldn't have happened. It I would have happened to either ki- any king that was king at that time, that's and any what queen. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And it just sort of threw gasoline on the fire that she was a sucky person. And that she spent so much money, but I'm like, at that point, whether or not, she could have been the most frugal, penny-pinching and person, and they still would have killed her. They, well, they still would have been poor. Like, yeah. her, you know, but they blamed, they literally blamed the economic situation of France and the um, Which is like the peasant ma- class completely on her. Right. Read the room. Don't spend $15 million. Like, read the room. Nobody can eat. But they're eating each other. But she didn't spend the fifteen million dollars. You know, she, she probably that. racked up fifteen ha- million dollars. Yeah, but not a, not on a single necklace because she at least she knew that much. She was had that much sense to be like, yeah. No, hit. she didn't buy it because it was the mistresses. But she also didn't buy it because she said, "quote the seventy four ship thing." She was like, "We have more okay. need of seventy four ships than we do." So, but uh, like, a, why a are you necklace. fighting a war when no one can eat? Okay, welcome to European history. You've got a lot of qualms that will never be resolved because this is just how they operated. So this is obviously very sad. They, they would have revolted even if this hadn't happened, but they may not have been so brutal to her in her final days because if you ever read an account of the stuff that they, they do did, to her yeah. and her kids, she I don't want to say she got what was coming, but if they had things that they wanted to get off their chest, she certainly saw them. Yeah. And she certainly got what they felt was coming to her. She suffered greatly in yeah. the last year of her life and was taken from her kid. Like, it was really, really sad. So I think it's easy to be like, wow, this is just some fluke, crazy story that happened this one time. But I want to kind of draw it into a broader scheme of, of, you know, European monarchies and how they operate and kind of how dangerous narratives could be and I think it's just clear that even though France was you know an absolute monarchy it was very easy for things to run away from you and for you to not have control over what what people were saying over what the press was printing and again like there wasn't really free press so this is more like pamphlets that are being independently made but still um that anything that sort of cast you in a bad light was very, very dangerous. And it's part of why monarchies tried so hard to clamp down on well, resistance. And- they still try. Yeah. Exa- I mean, hi, hi, y- Meghan Markle. Yeah. <laughs> Who just won. Congratulations, Meghan. You yes, know, so you're a big fan. Lawsuit. I know, <laughs> Meghan. We love you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you girl. so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Meghan, if you're listening, hey. Hey. <laughs> If you want to invite me out to California. Yeah, I'm so there. My British so accent's there. really good. I'll entertain. Mine's horrible. My name's Siobhan, though, so we already have beef. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you're both enemies of the British Empire, so... That's fair. You could bond over that. Um, but, yeah, that is the story, that the insane story of... Jean and Cardinal de Rohan and Marie Antoinette and the diamond necklace. Um, I'm getting really sad because this is the last episode, like I said, that I'm going to run this season. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to table European history for a little while. But thank, we, thank you so much for coming along. Should we do winners and losers? Thank you. Okay, winners. <sighs> Who won? Are you playing no one? <laughs> yeah, I, it seems everyone lost but for a while there, Jean. Yeah, Jean, Jean kinda, was winning. Whoever ended up with the money of from the, the necklace, necklace was a winner. Um, losers, also unequivocally, <laughs> Bomer <in Besong. laughs> <laughs> and Bassange. The Parisian jewelers. jewelers yeah. They lost again and again and again. Winners, um, Robespierre and the Reign of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, winners, I guess, um, let's see... Winners also like All of the people she hired To impersonate famous people That just never got caught Yeah exactly The guy who brought the necklace ne- Yeah He wiped his hands clean of that And was like Woo Got my commission <laughs> See you later Yeah Later they he was about dying And he's like Aww aw, so it's like in his chateau Yeah <laughs> He's like aww I have a vineyard really now sad. Butler More wine <laughs> Alright well That's the episode Thanks guys See you next week